BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. Before we dive into today's show, I want to make a very special announcement. I'm coming to New York City very soon, and on September 13th, I'm going to be hosting a class at the Nike headquarters. For those of you who are living in New York City, consider this your official invite. I'm going to be hosting a workout class, and if you're listening right now, you are invited. You guys have been so supportive of me, and I want to be able to give you guys something to support you and your well-being back. So I hope you guys can join. There are limited slots. So if you are in New York City on September 13th and can make it at 8 a.m. for the workout, definitely sign up. I'm so excited to meet you all in person. Now on to today's episode. Today's guest is Cass D'Amico, a fashion influencer and the founder of Orium Collective, a jewelry brand that gives you a very luxe aesthetic without the luxury price point. Just one look at her Instagram and you'll see she is truly giving Bridget Bardot reincarnated. She is impossibly chic with a feed filled with fashion and beauty inspiration, and of course, how she uses accessories to elevate everyday fashion. In this episode, Cass tells us her best tips for creating content, how she balances being a content creator and running a business all from her Miami home, and what she feels is the next big jewelry trend for fall. I hope you guys love this episode, and I can't wait to meet some of you in New York City. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcasts, and make sure you follow us, rate, and leave a review. Here's my friend, Cass D'Amico. Hi. Hi. Look at you in the closet. For listeners wondering, Cass and I have been talking about the construction of her closet for the last time we talked about it was like six months ago. So I love to see it in real life. It's like the only thing in our apartment that's actually done. We have been working on so many things and it's still such a mess. Like everything is just so slow. I think right now, just construction in general is slow. Like the fact that I got my place done in four months is like, when I say that to people, they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, because I ended up like giving up, like I ended up like going and getting tiles from Home Depot and just being like, whatever's in front of me, I'm taking. Yeah. I mean, that's smart. I feel like I've been taking my sweet time. But that's a good thing though. Don't you think that that's how people should do it? In theory, but no, because I'm like so impatient and when you're like, do what we do. Like I need a cute place to do everything. So I hate And like being home 24 seven, I feel like I need my space to be like aesthetic. Right. So when it's not finished, it's very frustrating. I totally get that. I think that's why we had such like a crazy furniture boom during COVID. Cause like, if you work from home, like you want it to feel good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a 
dark hole for me of buying things and all the, all the things constantly. I'm still doing it. I'm still like doing different rooms and different corners. And like, I feel like every week I want to change something out. Yeah. I a hundred percent get that. It's like, you come across one photo on Instagram or Pinterest or something. And you're like, I need, I need to, to redo, redo everything. <laughs> Number one topic of the hour is the fact that you just got back from like the craziest Italy trip I've ever seen. Like you and Tezza just I really wanted to be a fly on the wall of you and Tezza just looking so chic and so hot as fuck in Italy while your two husbands were there just shooting all the content. Like, I just wanted Wait, to be Wait, no. There. No, actually, you know what the reality was? <laughs> Tezza and I are both like, Tezza is like, I love her so much. You know her well, obviously. She is so hardworking and has such an eye. And both of us are equally as like, we're both Aries, like both like on it with, love shooting 24 seven. So when we were on the boat, it was like the two husbands, the two guys were drunk, drinking beers, having the time of their life. And then Tessa and I are like, obviously like shooting content to us is fun. So it's not like we weren't having fun, but like me and her are like holding poses, like in the wind, like trying to like get the shot. Like we didn't relax for one minute. We were just shooting, shooting, being like, Oh my God, I have an idea. Let's do this. Like we were just both like on it and so excited and working 24 seven while the husbands were kind of, both of our husbands were kind of just like, oh yeah, honey, that looks good. You know, like <laughs> beers, enjoying life. And meanwhile, we're like hustling, trying to look hot, trying to do all the things. It was pretty hilarious. No, but come so on. Fun. I mean, like being able to work with one of your best friends like that, both be like creative in that moment. Like what a dream. It's, it honestly is such a dream. And I, both of us have done two like epic shoots prior together. Like we rented the invisible house together for a shoot. And then we had done a boat before and like, we would shoot like our jewelry with her sunglasses and kind of just like, you know, do something fun together, like purely out of just doing something fun. Cause it's so much more enjoyable when you're like in the weeds of trying to hustle for your business and then getting this like treat to just do something with your best friends. And we went into it being like, okay, let's just do this like for fun. Let's like, I had a sunglass in mind, like a sunglass design in mind that I've been dying to execute. And finally I was like, come on, please. Like, this is going to be sick. Let's make them. And it was genuinely out of like fun. And then we got the sample and we're like, oh my God, these are epic. Like they came out so good. Then we finally get on the trip. We finally start shooting them. They look so good on all four of us. We were like, oh my God, these are sick. And then we sold out of them in like 45 minutes. I think yep. we, all like, I think, maybe there was like one shade left that didn't sell out. Right. Yeah. We had like an orange color that was kind of like more fun. And obviously everyone just wanted the black and the brown, which is totally fair. And I think it was a mix between A, I thought the sunglasses themselves were sick, like the design was sick. And B, I think people just genuinely felt like how fun the trip was and us just kind of being in the moment. Like it felt very authentic and it was very authentic. It was like two best friends who both own businesses. Like, let's do a co-branded thing. Let's make a trip out of it. Like a great excuse to go on a trip and do a shoot. And we just had so much fun doing the shoot. And I feel like it really came across and it just like sold them right away. People loved it. So that was really fun. I think the more that you can make something feel authentic and 
relatable, the better it is. Like so many girls were messaging me being like, oh my God, I need these sunglasses like for my trip, you know? Right. So I think that's kind of where it stems from. It wasn't even really this like planned out thing. Like obviously we knew what we were doing, but it was more coming from a place of like, okay, how can someone feel like they could see themselves wearing the sunglasses to whatever it is they're doing this summer? Yeah. It's like the number one thing I feel like I hear people say for marketing, you have to meet your customers where they're at and where they're at. is Exactly. Yeah. I think this summer was like the boom of everyone going back on trips again. So we were like, we obviously have to go on a trip. So, so smart. You guys are, you have a pre-order, right? For another round. Yeah, because it was like a happy day, but a sad day because we were sold out. We bought what we so fast, like way too fast. You know, like we even from Orium's end, we really don't have ourselves based on like a sellout model or like a fake sellout model. We've never done anything like that. We've always been like, okay, if we sell out, that's like, that means we didn't order enough. So that's never really been our business strategy. So for us, we were more like disappointed because we were like, we could have probably sold so many more and now they're not arriving for another like two to three months, but it's all good. I think we'll, you know, a lot of customers were willing to wait. So you have to try things to learn for the future. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you're listening right now and you missed out on the sunglasses, you can go pre-order them and you'll get them in two to three months. Perfect for fall. Yeah, exactly. For Christmas, buy yourself a little holiday sunglasses. Yeah. We'll be right back after a quick break. Summer is tough on hair. It's hot. My hair is in a bun all the time. And then on top of that, I'm probably in the ocean or in a pool every other day. The ocean washes my hair right. (laughs) I often get asked how I take care of my hair. And so I want to share the actual real tip and trick that keeps my hair healthy year round while also getting to style it. It's my scalp. Did you know that the way to healthy hair starts with a healthy scalp? A little care for it goes such a long way for healthier looking hair, which is why I use Waze Scalp Serum and everything else they sell. It balances, hydrates, and soothes irritation, creating an ideal environment for hair to thrive and grow. Just drop the skincare-inspired serum on your scalp daily and leave it in. I like to rub it in and give myself a little massage. Morning or night, wet hair or dry hair, it truly couldn't get easier. I like to wash my hair every other day. I try to. So usually on my day off, I'll apply it to my scalp, throw it up in a clip so it really soaks in. But then on wash days, I'll add it to my scalp while I'm blow drying. Really give your hair that TLC. It's filled with adaptogens like Arctic root, Siberian ginseng, and chaga mushroom, and it's the perfect treat for your hair that really goes a long way. There's also hyaluronic acid for hydration and a healthy barrier for all those slick back or blowout days. Of course, the ingredients are vegan, gluten, and cruelty-free, and 100% recyclable packaging and safe for color-treated and chemical-treated hair. The way to healthy hair starts with the scalp. Shop Way's all-new scalp serum by going to the T-H-E- O-U-A-I.com and use code FRIEND to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire purchase at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code FRIEND. Now let's get back to the show. I am so excited to have you on the show today. We've been talking about having you on the show for so long. I feel like you're a content creator that I have like followed from the beginning. And so I'm just excited to hear about your journey. I'd love to hear a little bit about your beginnings. Cause I actually even remember my episode with Tezza. We had so much fun talking about this because I feel like when everyone started creating content for social, it was like not, no one really knew what they were doing. It was very much the wild, wild west. 
And Tessa and I were actually laughing about it, being like, what the hell were we doing? But we'd love to hear about that era for you and kind of what the start was of realizing that you could turn a career, turn your social media into a career. So I would say when I started, I definitely knew you could have content creation and being an influencer as a career. There was definitely some of those like OG girls in the space, but I was very, I don't even know the word, like, but I was very anti, like, I was like, okay, I want to be doing both. I basically started posting my outfits online more so as like a resume. I was trying to get a cooler job in fashion. I was working for a department store and I really wanted a job for someone that I felt was way cooler as a buyer. So I wanted like Intermix or Revolve or Shop Up or my dream jobs. I had zero connections. So I basically just started uploading my outfits onto the internet to kind of just show my taste level almost as a resume. And then it started to kind of like pop off a little bit. I started growing and I started getting brand collaborations. I started getting invited to like trips and I had contracts in place. And then I kind of also knew I was also doing like product development for the department store. So creating their private label brands, I was creating like a private label shoe brand. And I feel like I was really excelling at that. So I felt like, okay, if I ever want to start my own brand one day, I feel like I really could do it. And I think the best way to do that is to maybe build up my personal brand and then eventually start my own brand. So I kind of always looked at you know, content creation and being an influencer as like a means to an end. Like I kind of always approached it as, okay, if I can build up my personal brand, it might be much easier to then one day launch my own brand. So you worked backwards basically. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I kind of like knew it would be a little, nowadays I feel like so many people start successful brands, but for me, I don't know why at that, at that time, I just felt like the resources and connections that I had I felt like it would be a better route to maybe start building up my personal brand first. I really like what you were saying earlier about building your Instagram as a resume. I was recently working with one of my mentees and she was asking me, you know, like I am such a creative, like I don't know how to like jump off the page by just giving someone a piece of paper as a resume. And I was like, you know, there's something that I think is really cool about Instagram if you don't take it so seriously or you don't kind of like compartmentalize yourself as like, oh, if I create this new Instagram, like I don't want to get a ton of followers or like I don't want to go into that pursuit. So I said to her, I was like, you should start an Instagram as a resume and like don't focus on your followers. Don't focus on like any of that. Just curate it the way that you want, like put things up there that you think are cool, whether it's your outfits or like cool marketing things you see out there in the world. And when you go to apply for a job, like say, hey, this is my resume. And like I told her to add like cool captions about like what she was most interested in in that. And I do think it's something that's like a little underrated today. But I like the idea of using it as kind of this like creative mood board or like modern day Pinterest, because I feel like that's what you were doing. And I think it's such a great medium to be able to like express your creativity and really see where your eyes at. A hundred percent. I had I had an assistant that I was working with last year part time. She's still in college. And she applied and she had this other Instagram that I think it had less than like a thousand followers, but it was so sick. Like it was basically just like a long feed of like so much inspiration. And I felt like it really just showed her eye. I hired her. It was like, boom, her. I think that's such a good tip. Like I understand you not wanting to post random inspiration on your personal account. Right. If you just start another separate account, who cares how many followers it has? 
it's just such a good way to show like your eye and what your vibe is. I like love to talk to other content creators because I feel like there are so many just like tidbits that I always learn something new every time I talk to a different content creator. So in your journey, I mean, you have so many followers. You have such an incredible audience, obviously enough so to be able to start a brand. How have you gotten to know your audience in order to create content that you know is tailored for them, but also on brand for you? So I feel like it's kind of a mix. Like my content has always been centered mainly around fashion. So for me, I feel like whenever I'm not really feeling inspired, it has more to do with how I'm like presenting the content rather than fashion itself, because fashion's always evolving. There's always new things. Like, I feel like I never have a loss of like outfits to put together or anything like that. I think I sometimes struggle more with like how to present the content. So I feel like for that, I think sometimes if I'm not feeling inspired, I'll just feel inspired for a really cool outfit, but then I'll just, you know, shoot it against like a blank wall and call it a day. But then I also feel like for tailoring to what my audience wants to see, I'm constantly looking through all my DMs, seeing like what girls are asking. I feel like I'm always doing, you know, like Q and A's and, you know, you see those constant same questions that girls are asking. And then another thing I feel like is sometimes when I get into ruts, when I'm not like seeing other girlfriends who aren't influencers, like, it's kind of like, okay, what are girls talking about totally right now? Like, what are they into? Is it skincare? Is it like Botox? Is it, I think it's just kind of like figuring out what your audience is currently interested in and then kind of like answering that with your content and kind of like growing and evolving with your audience based on where you are in your life and where they might be in their life too. Yeah. It's like field research, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like comments and questions and DMs. Like what are the common things people are asking me? And that's kind of like where I lead my content. I like that you just brought up DMs because I always like to hear as a content creator, what is a piece of analytic that you constantly look to, to gauge where you're at? Do you, are you a DMs girl? Do you like to see your comments? Is it maybe followers or like days? What is the piece of analytics that you're just constantly honed in on? I feel like I'm always looking at swipe ups because for me, I'm trying to eventually expand or into other categories as well. So if I see like, whoa, okay, people are always swiping up for shoes or always swiping up for jeans. Like that's good analytics for me as well as like, I think DMs, I think for me, if I'm posting stories and like no one's DMing me or like reacting to it, I'm like, okay, these stories are so boring. (laughs) But if I have like girls being like, you know, messaging me about things, then I feel like that is good analytics for me. I like love when I get, when the DMs are flooding in. Swipe ups are smart to think about, you know, okay, what is my audience looking for? What can I create for them that they would come to me for? I usually look at saves because I feel like saves Saves. for me are always a good tell of, okay, did this content resonate with my audience in some way? And I always look to my saves to kind of see what my audience wants from me. Do they want more of kind of my thought process in my captions? Do they want just like flat out really cool fashion shit? Like for me, saves are really like, kind of how I gauge where my audience is at. Yeah, I think that's a good one too. I don't look at that as enough. I probably should look at that more. I also, I look at even just follows a lot because I like to see like, okay, this piece of content for whatever reason, a stranger stumbled upon and then Mm -hmm. was down to follow me literally based off just this post. 
So I think that's another interesting one too. We'll be right back after a quick break. If you've known me for a long time, you know that I love a beauty supplement. More than anything, I love it when it's French. It's just so chic. So I've been using a French-inspired beauty supplement and skincare brand called Reservage that supports and promotes beauty from the inside out and outside in. I won't lie, my skin this summer has not been great. I've been dealing with a couple of different breakouts, so I've really been trying to use supplements and a skincare regimen that helps me feel healthier inside and outside. Reservage is newly relaunched with an eye-catching, bold new look. They provide women of all ages and backgrounds with science-backed, proven products that support radiant health, well-being, and natural beauty. With self-care as a starting point, Reservage is redefining their approach to beauty with a holistic mindset, a purpose-filled vision, and product innovation driven by the evolving needs of women through every age and stage of their life. Right now, my favorite products include their entire skincare line. It's been so helpful for my skin this summer, featuring their proprietary micro-encapsulated copper peptides, a powerhouse antioxidant that maximizes the appearance of smooth and supple skin from head to toe. Most importantly, I love their collagen candy. With just one sick pack, you can get your daily dose of collagen peptides and revitalizing skin nutrients. I'm going to be on the road soon, and those are coming with me 100%. Try Reservage today. You'll get 30% off your product order at Reservage.com with the code FRIEND30. Again, that's FRIEND30 for 30% off your first product order on Reservage. That's R-E-S-E-R-V-E-A-G-E.com. Now let's get back to the show. So you wear so many different hats on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, you're a founder, you're an influencer. I often get this question a lot, which is like, as a freelancer, as a creative, what is your daily structure life? Like, how do you kind of, I know, her face just now, you guys, I wish you saw it. (laughs) Well, I have the same issue too. And people ask me this all the time. Like, how do you kind of schedule yourself so you're always on top of everything and managing all the different hats? Like, what's your hack? So I definitely don't have a hack and I definitely don't have it figured out. I think for me, balancing between like my personal brand and Orium is quite challenging because it's like all in the same and they both need my attention every day. So I kind of am just like flip-flopping all day long, but I have a pretty, I have a structure. We like do have Orium employees. So they come here at 9am every day and they leave at five or at your house? later. Yeah. At our house. So I have that structure at least. So I think people would be surprised to know that I have like I don't have a nine to five because the second I wake up, like I'm starting, I'm trying to get a bunch of work in before people come over at nine. And then as soon as they leave, I'm like finishing up other things too. So I kind of am working all day, every day. I work on the weekends, almost every weekend. Like, but now we're starting to really, I'm starting to really lose my mind a little bit. Last week, I ended up giving myself a day off on Friday, like a half day off. And I felt like, I'm like, wow, <laughs> like I was like, I need this. I think this past week was the first time in a long time that I like kind of barely posted all week. And I was trying not to feel guilty because at the same time I had so much I was doing for Orium. I was like, so Orium focused. And I was just kind of like, figuring out like where I see 2023 going. And like, I was really excited about all things for that. So it was really hard for me to kind of be in that zone and then like be posting random things. Like I just posted like three things in a row from Capri, which was like four weeks ago at this point, but like, who cares? No one cares. I call it the output dilemma and I'm working on solving it because I agree with you. And I think a lot of people feel this way where it's like, okay, if you're not posting on Instagram, it's that saying with like, oh, if you didn't post it actually happened. 
And there are those weeks where like you just want to be head down in your laptop, get your work done, get your emails done and not have to post. But having those two going at the same time is I think when you have those two going, it's like two different parts of my brain almost like posting and then being in my emails are two different things. So here's what I started doing. I don't know if it's working yet, but I'm trying it out. I'm not really a big journaler, but every day at the end of the day, especially when I'm in those moments where I'm like head down emailing, I'm kind of taking notes about how I feel or maybe some challenges that I experienced or some wins, whatever it is. I'm just kind of jotting down what went down in my day. Usually at the end of the week now, I've been reflecting on those and being like, okay, how can I storytell these moments on social? So I'm not overthinking it. Like, oh, okay, here's a really cool picture of me wearing my jewelry. What's like a challenge maybe I faced this week in building the company while my head was down in my emails. So kind of creating that like feedback loop of like how I feel when I'm in those moments and being able to story tell them back. I'm hoping that it works because sometimes I don't like the fact that I have two different brains. I want to like merge them. I think that's so helpful. I feel like I'm going to try that. That's such a good tip because I also feel like I struggle with being so surface level with everything I do. And I feel like I am never really sharing anything that's going wrong or sharing struggles or sharing anything about like, that's like deeper than like, Hey, this is my outfit, you know? Yeah. But even it doesn't even look, look, like it doesn't even have to be a struggle. If it's, if you're like, Hey, we, this whole week I had the craziest work week. I was head down in my laptop. We got two new retailers and I had a really great brainstorm meeting where we talked about X, Y, and Z. Like, I agree that like you can share the struggles, but it doesn't, you know, it can, it can be, yeah. it could be more. Yeah. It's based on, yeah. Like I think, yeah, exactly. I feel like I need to share more, even just like behind the scenes of like right behind the scenes of operating everything going on. I feel like I need to do a way better job sharing more things like that. Cause I think Same. more, most people probably wouldn't even know. Right. Like, anything about the behind the scenes of anything I'm doing. So I I actually think that's a great tip. I actually have another tip. Okay. So I've tried this like twice and it worked really well. I'm the least consistent person ever. So like beyond this two times I've tried this, you know, I haven't, I need to start doing it again, but I've tried doing like from nine to 12 will be like content, right? So I'll try to get my stories, like TikToks, content from nine to 12 and just like get that done or get that up and then like be like, okay, great. I'm in a great place for the day. And then like 12 on do like business computer work. So it's like getting those things done in the morning out of the way. And then you can kind of like dive into your computer, but you know, that's easier said than done. No, but I do think getting your content out of the way first thing in the morning for me also is most helpful. But I like what you're saying about structuring your days because that's kind of how I do it with having podcast stuff, content stuff, brand deals. Like I have very specific days that are blocked out specifically for pod work. I'm like one of those people who like over schedules my day. Like I schedule breaks, I schedule dog walks. Like it's just the easiest way for me to see my day. And I think doing those blocks of time for specific tasks is so helpful. So I totally agree with you on yeah. that. Yeah. 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 I need to get more organized. I wish I was, but you know, I'm not little by little sit here and lie on the podcast. <laughs> this is not a place for liars. Okay. <laughs> what do you think has been your best hack for growth? I think it's just posting a lot, honestly, and posting a ton of reels. I feel like everyone knows that that's the answer that has been. And it's like, you don't even have to think too much into what you're doing on reels. It's just like, 
post a bunch of reels and see what works. Like, I feel like now I'm just kind of trying to switch my brain from a photo brain into like, okay, what is this photo I would take? But like, let me just record it in a video and just like switching your brain to that. I am dying for the people who are like posting that TikTok. That's like Instagram's telling me that I need to post TikToks, but I'm a rebel. So, and it's a photo in the video format. It's just a photo, like a long, oh. it's just the photo. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, yes, hack the fucking system, guys. <laughs> I'm so curious funny. to see if those are doing well. I'm sure they are, but it's just a photo in the video format. And I think it's epic. Yeah, I mean, there's ways to kind of do that too, where you can kind of just like flash to different photos of your outfit, you know, right. like. Hack the yeah. system, guys. <laughs> exactly. I wanted to get into Orium a little bit because I love to see influencers at that and start their own brands. And I think that there's a lot of intel that you can share based off that experience. What was the moment for you in seeing, in having that great connection with your audience, knowing that you would want to start a jewelry brand? You could have started anything, but what was kind of that, that experience like for you of knowing that that would be your niche? So it kind of all started when I kind of went through this full like wardrobe refresh. I think as I was starting to get a little bit older, I wanted to really change up my style and be a little bit more sophisticated and like chic. And I just really wanted to become this more elevated person. And because I was dressing a little tragic at the time. And I, I never remember a phase where you were dressing tragic, but we all oh, love it, a refresh. Oh, there was. Trust me, there was. I think as an influencer, you can sometimes fall into this habit, especially if you like don't have a lot of income where you're just kind of wearing what you're getting gifted. And then your style is kind of just not even your personal style. It's like a bunch of things you're getting for free. So I kind of like really just donated so many things. And I kind of had this more minimalist wardrobe and I was like, okay, but how do I make my minimalist wardrobe actually interesting? And I feel like that's accessories. And then I felt like there was this kind of white space in the market for jewelry that I was looking for. And there was kind of like a lot of things happening in the Bottega, Celine's, like these chunky chains. And I didn't feel like I could find any that were a more affordable price point because all most of their jewelry was going for like a thousand dollars plus. And it was gold plated brass. The what it was actually made of, I knew wasn't even anything that high quality. So I just felt like there was this white space for a high fashion feeling brand that was great quality, but a more accessible price point. And that's kind of how Orium was formed. We'll be right back after a quick break. Are you looking for a cute outfit for Labor Day? Because I have the perfect place for you to look. It's called Sur La Cote, meaning on the coast. Sur La Cote aims to bring a sense of vacation to your everyday life. From resort wear to work from home wear, they've got you covered. It's owned and operated all by women and made in LA, just like me. And there's nothing that I love more than being able to support female-owned brands on this show. The clothes are so chic, it's loved by some of your favorite influencers and celebs because it's essentially your perfect vacation wardrobe. There are beautiful matching sets, loungewear, and dresses. With Labor Day right around the corner, I know you're going to find something that you need for all of the functions that you have. I've been living in this blue paisley set that I got from them that's perfect for a pool party. It's a crop top that ties around my neck paired with loose pants that are just so comfy. It's also cute for a day at the farmer's market or you can dress it up at night for drinks. They also have such beautiful dresses that you can wear all through the summer. I also love that in order to reduce waste, they produce in small batch orders only. 
They ship with sustainable packaging materials. Your order will always arrive hand-wrapped in a simple compostable bag. As I said, there's something for everyone from slips to skirts, cute tops, and so much more. And I'm so happy to support this incredible brand. Use code FRIEND at checkout for 20% off your first order. Visit shopsurlacote.com to find your new favorite summer fit. That's shop, S-U-R-L-A-C-O-T-E.com. And use code FRIEND at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Now let's get back to the show. I would love to know, was there anything that you did on your Instagram that helped you gain this intel. So like, was there, I bring up Summer Fridays a lot as an example, because I feel like they are so great at polls and Q&As and all that stuff to kind of gauge where their audience is at. Was that successful for you? Was there something that you did on social where you were able to get intel from your audience on what they wanted? So whenever, it's interesting because for jewelry, it's a little tricky. I think anytime I was trying to I definitely do Q and A's a lot asking girls, like what else do they want to see from us? You know, that can help with like sizing things or, you know, a lot of girls have been saying they want more like silver, but overall for the overall aesthetic, I feel like I've had to kind of just trust my gut and understand that maybe I'm the tastemaker and I need to kind of show my audience, like, you know, they're coming to me for what they think is cool and what, what I think is cool or what I think is next. And they're, So I think I kind of have to trust my gut on creating that and then showing them how to wear it or showing them like why they need it. So I think you don't always have to rely too heavily on your following's opinion. Obviously like a balance, but I think for me nowadays, when I ask girls, Hey, like what like vibes for jewelry are you guys into right now? I don't really get any responses that are that insightful, which is totally fine. Like I think you know, I'm supposed to be the jewelry expert. I'm supposed to be telling you guys what for next season is going to be cool. So I think it's kind of trusting your gut and taste and intuition on what you think is next. I could never ask my, if I started a brand, I could never ask my audience what they would want because I'm one of those people who like will get so influenced by all the different opinions. So I totally hear you. I think there's a fine balance there of, okay, what do I think is really cool? But I also want to give my audience what they want. It's the same thing of like high fashion versus commercial. Like if you can find that sweet spot, you're in a really good place. Yeah, I think like I asked my audience recently what categories they see or am going into next. So that was insightful to kind of see. What was the response? It was literally everything. Like so much of everything. So I was like, okay, it was a lot of bags. A lot of people said bags. A lot of people said shoes. A lot of people said like home. Interesting. And what else? Like a lot of people said like jewelry organizers. So I thought that was interesting. I like that a lot. What's the other brand that does that? Oh, Adina's Jewels will send you like a, an organizer when you get your jewelry. But I think that there's a, a more elevated way to do it. I'd be curious to see if you would end up doing that. Yeah. We're actually launching like travertine. Cool. That's what tomorrow. I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, cool. Show Cute, us. Right. So I've been working on like something like this for so long. It's been so hard to find a good manufacturer. And I like think it came out so chic and I'm obsessed with it. And it doesn't even have to be for jewelry. It can literally just Anything. be like a vibe on top of your. Yeah. Launching tomorrow. They'll probably be sold out by the time this comes out, but go check it out if it's not. <laughs> No, I don't think so. I think, I think it's going to be, I'm interested to see like how people respond to it. Cause it's definitely a completely 
new thing for us to be launching. But it makes sense, like being able to have a place to put your jewelry. Like I think people, I think thinking outside of the box like that and like, okay, what's the next logical step that I could give to my audience that already plays or lends itself to what I'm selling. And I think that's like perfect. Yeah, that's kind of like we, our kind of like tagline and slogan has always been elevate the everyday, you know, like our jewelry is meant to be styled with simple things. You know, if you don't really know what to wear, throw on a t-shirt and then all of our like very cool vintage inspired jewelry and you'll be a vibe. So I feel like I can easily see us kind of transferring into some more accessories because it can all kind of live under elevate the everyday, like accessories that really complete your look. I remember when you launched, you launched with like very, it was very specific to gold chains. And I remember at, it was so smart because I remember at that time, people were obsessed with like a necklace stack. And I feel like this was like an era in time where everyone like wanted to perfect their gold chain stack. And I would love to hear your experience in launching with a very specific skew versus coming out with like an entire massive collection and kind of what that did for your business at the beginning. I feel like it really helps with brand association. I felt like, and this isn't even my opinion. This is what people would actually tell us. They were like, I feel like you really started this gold chunky chain trend. And I feel like everyone associated gold chunky, big like statement chains with Orium. And it kind of gave us this kind of go, like we were the go-to destination. And I felt like at the time we were, had the best ones on the market. And, you know, the reality is, is as trends emerge, obviously every jewelry brand jumps on the bandwagon. So that can't be like the only thing you're doing. So that's definitely why we've evolved. But in the beginning, I think it was great for us because we had just this unique thing that we were doing that was so specific, but it was like perfect timing, very of the moment. And we were like the go-to for great quality, chunky chains. So smart. So smart. As an influencer, you're definitely no stranger to gifting. But now as a brand founder, I would love to hear your thoughts on what really moves the needle with product. Is it gifting a celebrity and having them wear it? Is it paid collaborations? What is it for you that really you see moves product today out there in the world? So, yeah, as you mentioned, I feel like there has been so much change. We really, in the beginning, we were gifting a lot. And it was so great. We had so much support from people, but now we really don't see much conversion from gifting people. And we've definitely moved away from gifting people a little bit because I mean, my theory is kind of like, I also think people are sick of seeing influencers get so much free stuff. And I think it's like, it's good and bad. And I think nowadays everyone gets so much stuff that it doesn't really it's not that helpful. So I feel like we've kind of been transitioning into figuring out how we can get our customer to kind of want to share about us because I think they're almost like influencers in their own right. You know, like we, I see girls tagging us in Orium all the time and they're so chic. And we, we, we have like a whole feature Friday where we just repost customers and kind of just figuring out how to get the community more involved. Looking back on building a business, if there, if you were to go back and do one thing differently, what would it be? Hmm. I think I honestly wouldn't really do too much differently. The one thing that I probably would learn more about is building a team and figuring out how to have more of a 
team structure in place, we kind of like really grew quickly without having that structure of the support system. So now we're kind of like trying to work backwards of figuring out who should be on our team next and like being able to scale with having everyone, having more people on board because it is really hard to manage and juggle doing everything. So that was probably my one thing. There's a really good series by the Harvard Business Review. It comes in like a 12 pack and every book is like something different about running a business. It's like on finance, on management, on all that stuff. And the on management one was one of the best books I've ever read because I'm not really great at managing people and having a team is really tough. Like figuring out how people work together, figuring out how people correspond, like who reports to who, all those things are really challenging. And I don't think are natural things. Obviously they're like leaders, like natural born leaders and all of that, but like, I'm not one of those people. So that was really helpful. If anyone's listening right now, that is also like, how do I manage people? That was an amazing resource for me. Okay. Amazing. I'm so grateful that you have a resource because I definitely am trying to learn. I feel like I'm a pretty good leader, but I think it's like figuring out hiring the right people and delegating, like delegating to me has been such a challenge. I do everything myself. So it's really hard for me to like give up that control and like try to teach someone how to actually execute the way that I would want. And yeah, it's definitely, definitely a challenge, especially when you've been working for yourself for so long. I've been working for myself for almost five years now, just in general. So having someone help me gives me anxiety. I'm like, I'd rather just do it myself. (laughs) Especially I think when you're creating something that has your name on it is your brand. It's hard to delegate. It it really is. It's so yeah. hard to delegate cre- anything creative, I think, too, because it's not like it's a simple black and white task. It's it's very challenging to find someone that shares the same creative eye as you, too. Yep, I agree. Do you have anything coming up that we should touch on that will be, obviously, the travertine trays are coming out tomorrow, but what about next week leading into Fashion Week? Anything? Okay, so being that... I can't believe I'm even saying this. Being that orium literally means golden in Latin. I feel like for fall, it's all about silver. And we're going to be launching a bunch of our best sellers in silver in September. And I'm really believing in silver jewelry as a whole. I think that I'm really excited for. I think it's just kind of like a nice new refresh, especially for fall with like fall tones and black. I think silver is a very chic way to kind of mix it up. Agreed. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> thank you for coming on the show. This was so yes, fun. I loved hearing you. into obviously your Italy trip and your whole journey. This was so much fun. I know. So fun. Good I feel fun. like I can talk forever. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.